Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Phillies Today podcast. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, coming to you. On this Tuesday, June 20, 2023, recapping, I mean, what a road trip for the Philadelphia Phillies. Five and one, the Phillies go out to the West Coast. They get, take three, or sorry, six and one, I should say, trying to slight the Phils. Uh, they win three of four from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sweep, an absolute joke of a franchise uh, in the Oakland A's. I can't believe I was afraid of you know that team having any destiny at all like they had won seven straight and they had a reverse protest and it was an electric night at the Oakland Coliseum last week and they just reverted right back to being an atrocious franchise the second the Phillies got on the field with them the Phillies tore them apart they tore the Arizona Diamondbacks apart they got the tiebreaker now uh, with Arizona should it come to that which in a clustered National League wild card scenario at the end of the season with no game 163 anymore that could be huge piling up wins with whoever's in front of you on the schedule. The Phillies, I remember not too long ago, used to lose to bad teams, and it wasn't too long ago, just this season in April and May, when it seemed like bad teams would get in the Phillies' way, and we were praying that the Phillies just could not get back to 500 uh, because it, no matter what, they would get within a game and they would lose, and then the Phillies would get within a game of 500 again and they would lose, and then one more time, within a game of 500, they would lose yet again. Phillies are four games above 500. I'm not pretending like that's some sort of massive accomplishment or that is some, you know, something to write home about or there should be a parade uh, or this team is not built for expectations greater than that. And certainly they got a couple of big series coming up this week with the Braves and the Mets. And uh, those will be, you know, more so tests because the Phillies last time they stepped on the field with the Mets got swept up at City Field. Now the trajectory of those two teams have gone entirely opposite since, which is, uh, it's always great to see uh, when the New York Mets just fall flat on their face, but you got to beat them on the field uh, when they're in front of you, and this time it'll be in front of the home crowd, uh, but that's good. Get, getting ahead of myself already that's coming up this weekend. The series in front of the Phillies uh, right now is the Atlanta Braves, a team who they beat in the playoffs last season, but when push comes to shove in the regular season, typically the, the home team gets the better end of that series. It'll be the second series the Phillies have played the Braves uh, all season. We'll preview that series on just a little bit, but it's critical that the Phillies don't lose the momentum they have going here. They don't lose the steam uh, they have going here because the Phillies have got something special in the month of June. Kyle Schwarber, especially, I think we can all agree, has something special in the month of June. We'll get to him uh, up in just a little bit. But all in all, I wanted to start with the biggest reason why uh, this Phillies team has turned it around the, the way that they have. Uh, I do not believe it's Kyle Schwarber, uh, although he is certainly been unbelievable. He has been unbelievable at the top of that lineup, and he has been a real tone setter, and he we, we all know how good he is in the month of June. I would even say it's the bats in general. I would not say that he, you know, it's the offense, although 
that certainly needs to kick it in the high gear. I wouldn't say it's the bullpen. It's been it's been the starting pitching. The biggest disappointment with this team through the first two months of the season, in my opinion, was that the starting pitching was not at a level that it needed to be. We had not seen the best out of Zach Wheeler for the first two months uh, of the season. We had didn't have a healthy Ranger Suarez uh, in front of our eyes. We did not have Taiwan Walker, who looked even remotely serviceable, and that contract looked like a disaster. I still don't think we have the Aaron Nola that is anywhere close to his full potential, but you know, some starts are good, some starts are bad. You, you almost take the good with the bad uh, with him at this point. And, and the Phillies, obviously, in the fifth starter spot, in the fifth spot in the rotation, uh, have been a disaster all season. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, just a little bit, uh, you know, to update everyone. And this is courtesy. I saw Corey Seidman from NBC Sports Philadelphia put this out uh, earlier on Monday, I believe it was, uh, tweeting out all the records for the various spots in the rotation for the Phillies so far this season. The Phillies, in in order, I'll go from worst to best, because the order and of the Phillies record in respective starters, respective starter spots in the rotation. It may surprise you. It surprised me a little bit, to be honest. Uh, Aaron Nola, unsurprisingly, uh, the worst. I'm going to work with the top four. Again, Wheeler, Suarez, Walker, Nola, uh, in no particular order. I'm going to start with Nola. Phillies 7-8 and eight, uh, in his start so far this season. Again, disappointing. Uh, he has been anything but an ace so far this season. You're really hoping he can pitch like a two. Now he's got problems with the umpires where he's throwing balls out uh, every two seconds and other teams are on to his game and he doesn't seem like he can really adjust to that pitch clock and one day he looks great and he's controlling everything and he gets through and he gives you eight innings and allows one run and the next day he he can barely get you through six without your, you know, wanting to, you know, jump off a bridge watching him. But when it comes to Aaron Nola, you, you do know one thing. You do know that he's going to give you uh, just about six six innings just about every time he, he takes the ball. I, he did that the last time in Arizona, and there's always one inning where it feels like things fall apart for Nola. I'm not the first one to say this. I will not be the last one to say this. Uh, vintage Aaron Nola is when things are going great. He gets put through the lineup once. He might even do it twice, uh, and then the wheels just absolutely fall off. And that, That's what happened in Arizona, things were going great, and then he immediately allows four runs, and you're like, this guy doesn't have it, and leave it to Aaron Nola to end the momentum. But when all was said and done, he allows four runs over six innings. Now, that's not good. It's not even a quality start, certainly by his own standards. Um, but that, that's what Aaron Nola does. He gives, you, he gives you length. He knows he's going to keep you at least in the game. He will do it in a frustrating way and seem like he's giving the game back half the time, and that again, he's going to allow three, four runs, whatever the case might be. Not always a quality start, uh, but he's going to give you six innings. He's going to give you seven innings sometimes. He's only not gotten through six innings. I think it's two starts or maybe three starts all season. Like For the most part, he does get you to that six-inning mark. And this is just the MO on what Aaron Nola is. And until he proves differently, that's what he is. The Phillies are about a 500 team, one game below 500 specifically when he goes. They did win the most recent start. Uh, that he pitched in when he got the win uh, in Arizona in getaway day. Uh, but the offense came to play, and that was really the biggest difference. He allowed four runs. The offense showed up that day, uh, so they get the win. So they're a game below 500 with Aaron Nola. Let's move to Ranger Suarez, where they are 5-2. and two. Uh, He came back um, off the injured list and looked horrible uh, through the first couple of starts, but really settled into his own. And all in all, he probably is the best second is probably the second best pitcher on this team right now. I mean, he is just... He's been great. He's he's been really 
return to form from last season, a guy you can re- rely on every fifth day. Um, also just really, really casual on the mound. Like he's now got this Cliff Lee thing going on where every time the ball comes back to him, besides being a really, really good fielder, uh, he knows how to just, you know, wander over to first base and fire it and pretend like he doesn't even care uh, about throwing it. He stares at the ball. He's just got, he's got an, uh, an unbelievable amount of confidence when he's out there on the mound. Doesn't really seem like much phases Ranger Suarez. That is certainly great to see. So again, the Phillies five and two behind him. I think certainly everyone feels reliable when Ranger Suarez on the mound. A guy who I've not always felt has been reliable so far this season, but has come into his own uh, as of late. Zach Wheeler. Phillies are nine and six uh, when Zach Wheeler takes the mound so far this season. He has returned to form uh, as an ace as of late. Another guy who, similar to Nola, has been a vocal advocate uh, against. Uh, the pitch clock. He does not like these new rules. He's a bit of a weirdo when he goes out there on the mound. He seems to find excuses when things are not going well for him. Uh, but when things are going well, and that's kind of what it's been lately, is the Phillies winning behind their ace in Zach Wheeler as of late. Uh, he, he's one of the most fun pitchers to watch uh, in all of baseball and one of the most fun Phillies to watch uh, in recent memory. Zach Wheeler is absolutely the guy that in a winner-take-all game uh, you, you feel like you have the most confidence in. And he's coming off a season last year where he you know, through that career high in innings, him and Nola both, but you know, workhorses last year, giving you well over 200 innings uh, and into the postseason, and maybe it just took him a little bit of extra time uh, to get acclimated to the 2023 season, and hopefully Nola turns that corner sometime soon here. But the Phillies having nine and six record uh, when Zach Wheeler takes the hill, you would expect that to that win loss uh, ratio to get a little bit more separate uh, by the end of the season. But as of this point. Uh, certainly what you like to see out of Zach Wheeler. And then you turn to Taiwan Walker, who for the first month, a month and a half of the season, looked like a total disaster. I mean, he And certainly in the state of California, you think about that start, start uh, rather at Dodger Stadium and start uh, at Oracle Park in San Francisco. In L.A. Uh, on May 2nd, he goes three and a third, allows eight runs. And then even worse, on May 17th uh, in San Francisco, doesn't even get through the entire inning, and the entire first inning goes two-thirds of an inning, uh, allows four runs. And there's been injury concerns with this guy, and there were concerns as to whether he'd even you know, make it to the end of this contract. Four years, $72 million for a quote-unquote innings leader. But this guy has totally settled into his own. And his ERA, if you exclude, he really got thrown off by those two California starts. And then the irony of it is, on this past weekend, uh, on just a couple of days ago, he had one of the best starts of his entire career. I know it was against the Oakland A's, but in the state of California. He goes eight innings uh, for the first time in years. I think it was six years, since 2017, uh, that Taiwan Walker went completed eight innings in a ball game. He goes eight innings, seven hits, allows just one run, uh, eight strikeouts. And his ERA is now down to 431 compared to the 653 it was uh, back on May the 17th. So just one month later, after removed from his last start in the Bay Area, uh, May 17th in San Francisco, his worst start of the year, two-thirds of an inning, four runs. He comes back in just across the Bay in Oakland, goes eight innings, allows just one run, uh, and his ERA is a full two-plus runs lower. I, and this guy has really come into his own, and unsurprisingly, Phillies are 10-5 and five and start started by Taiwan Walker. No, I'm not handing him the handing him the ball uh, in a winner take all game. I'm not saying it's like do or die 
uh, with Taiwan Walker or anything like that. But this guy has really turned into a reliable option for the Phils, and especially since the beginning of May, or really since mid-May, he has totally turned a corner. You only have to look at his game logs. I mean, no, he's not going eight eight innings every night, I should say. Uh, But June 11th versus the Dodgers, five innings, no runs allowed. June 6th versus the Tigers, seven innings, no runs allowed. Uh, Against the Mets, he didn't fare especially well, only got through four innings, allowed three runs. May 26th in Atlanta, six and two-thirds, allowed three runs. May 21st versus the Cubs, five and a third, no runs. He's really been quite reliable, and at the very least, with with this offense, keeps you in the game. And that's really what you expect out of a guy from Taiwan Walker. Do they overpay for a quote-unquote innings eater? Yeah, probably. I mean, I would say that they did. But at the end of the day, if he's keeping you in ball games and if he's giving you a chance and you're winning two-thirds of the games uh, that Taiwan Walker starts, it's hard to complain about him right now. And the fact that they have the best winning percentage uh, of any starter behind Taiwan Walker, I know wins and especially team wins uh, behind a starter doesn't tell the whole story, but it does tell you that he's keeping them in games enough and that he is more than a viable option uh, at this at this current point uh, in time, so uh, that's where kind of the the records stand uh, in terms of the starters at this point for the Phils. And that, that takes me to you know takeaway number two uh, from the, where the Phillies are at right now and uh, from this past road trip is uh, so Christopher Sanchez makes the start uh, in the fifth spot uh, on Saturday, and this was the first time that uh, they had really gone this route. You know, they were going bullpen games, they were going Dylan Covey, uh, they were pretty much going any option that was not uh, Christopher Sanchez. He had made one previous start uh, this season. He went four and a third uh, against the Rockies uh, when he allowed three runs. And on April 22nd, the Phillies call him back up. They scratch him from his AAA start. He gets through four innings, took a line drive off his hand, actually to bounce out of the game earlier uh, than he would have. But I know it was the Oakland A's, and I know it's hard to you know take away anything from how he looked against them, but I just have a really hard time believing uh, that Christopher Sanchez is worse than the other options you have right now. I, it was very apparent to anyone watching that Dylan Covey was not a viable starter or bulk option uh, just a couple starts into his Phillies career. Like, There's a reason why that guy was not in the major leagues for the majority of the last couple of seasons. And this bullpen start uh, is not going to work. And Bailey Falter w- was not pitching at a major league level. Uh, and so, again, you'd be very not surprised to find out that the Phillies are 4-10 and uh, in games that are started by Bailey Falter, an opener, Dylan Covey, uh, and now Christopher Sanchez. And that was 3-10. and 10. The Phillies won behind Christopher Sanchez. He didn't get the win because he didn't go uh, four innings in this one. Um, but that the Phillies won the game 3-2, to two, and he certainly uh, you know, kept the minute for, for those four innings. And I do believe that I'm not saying rely on Christopher Sanchez as every fifth day as a long-term option. But as of right now, I do believe he's your best option. It's probably been your best option uh, for a little bit now. I get they want to start him in AAA. They think he's a AAA pitcher. But until Dave Dombrowski uh, trades for a fifth starter, and I do believe that is the number one priority uh, on this team right now. And we'll, we'll get to some trade rumors that have been circling uh, in just a second here. But the, the fifth starter spot has to be uh, the, the number one priority on this team right now. I understand that you're going to tighten your rotation up uh, in the postseason and that you know you can look at every time there's an off day, sometimes you can skip that fifth rotation spot, and uh, after the trade deadline, how many times uh, will that spot even come up? Well, it'll be you know once a week, sometimes twice a week. So maybe between the deadline and the end of the season, you're looking at like eight to ten times uh, that that spot's even going to come up. 
But in a wild card race that's going to be as tight as it is, and I do believe this is going to be a tight wild card race. Just look at the National League standings right now. Uh, it is a cluster, and, and it might come down to tiebreakers, as I earlier stated. Like Literally, that is the type of season uh, we're looking at right now. And if the Phillies are not going to be in contention for the division, and that's a little bit, you know, they're eight games back, and they have to jump the Marlins and get to the Braves, and you know, even if they swept the Braves uh, this coming week, they'd still be five games back. And yes, it's relatively speaking early. I mean, we're in June. We haven't hit July 4th yet. We haven't hit the All-Star break yet. I'm not saying it's out of it, but in all likelihood, the Phillies are going to be among the teams competing for a wild card spot at the end of the season. And there's only three of them to go around. There used to be one. Now there used to be two. And still now there's only three. And when you got five, six, seven teams competing for it, and yeah, maybe a team or two drops out, but a number of teams gonna, who are going to be aggressive at the deadline, a number of teams who standings-wise are going to be right there in it at the end, you can't afford to just like punt those games. And you can't afford to just rely on Christopher Sanchez to carry that weight uh, from now until the end of the season. The Phillies have had that, that fifth spot really weigh them down so far this season, far longer than it should have. And it, in a season that might be decided by a game or two, that fifth starter spot, again, I'm not suggesting that other teams look forward to their fifth spot in the rotation either, but it's actually like fundamentally worse by a lot. Uh, that fifth spot so far this season has been uh, for the Phillies than other teams. And if you lose a wild card spot by a game or two, the number one reason is going to be because that fifth spot weighed them down and they don't have enough rotational depth. Oh, and also, by the way, what if one of the guys who I mentioned earlier does go down? What if Taiwan Walker has to spend time on the injured list? What if Zach Wheeler has to miss some time? Uh, what if you know Ranger Suarez has to miss go back on the injured list and miss time? What if Aaron Nola, uh, Mister, you know, always takes the ball every fifth day and is always available for you? Uh, finally, his arm breaks down uh, in the middle of July, the middle of August. You're going to need another, at least one more uh, guy in the rotation who you can rely on to just keep you in games. Find me this season's Joe Blanton uh, at the de- deadline, Dave Dombrowski. Find me this season's Joe Blanton. Get me a guy who can give you five innings, allow two to three runs, six innings, three runs, whatever the case might be. Just give me a quality start or something close to it so this offense uh, can handle the workload and maybe get that 4-10 and ten somewhere in the close in the neighborhood at the end of the season. Uh, you know, that's come up 15 times uh, so far this season. Maybe you're looking something that's only a couple couple games below 500 instead of clawing to make it a third of the games uh, that you're winning. So that that's kind of where things stand uh, in terms of the rotation uh, as a whole. And takeaway number two is that fifth starter spot, A, needs to be addressed, but B, uh, Christopher Sanchez has to be the best option uh, there right now. And takeaway number three from where the Phillies are at. Uh, and the third and final takeaway for why the Phillies just are where they are right now it's got to be Kyle Schwarber. I mean, Kyle Schwarber, this guy, he goes in the leadoff spot, and the Phillies immediately go as he goes. Another two leadoff home runs over the weekend, one on Father's Day, one on Friday night, first pitch of the series. I mean, this guy wastes no time setting a tone, and I know he's not necessarily, or he wasn't necessarily the fan favorite to be the leadoff hitter. I know that he doesn't scream stereotypical leadoff hitter and He's not the guy when you have Trey Turner literally on the roster uh, hitting behind him that you would assume is going to be your leadoff guy, and it's frustrating when he does hit home runs because it seems like, oh, you wish you could get guys on base for him. 
Uh, but that's what he does. He, he, he gets on base, he walks, and he hits home runs. He hits for a lot of power. He sees a lot more pitches in the leadoff spot, and it's a role he does well. And how can you argue with the results at this point? The second he goes back into that leadoff spot, the Phillies' offense starts clicking, the Phillies' pitching also clicking, and now they're on, they've won 13 of their last 16, whatever it is, and they're now four games above 500 when they used to be you know, close to 10 games below it. Kyle Schwarber right now is proving once and for all that he is, you know, in a lot of ways, the leader of this team. You know, and you think about back to the 07 to 11 days, sure, like there were multiple leaders on that team. And I believe there are multiple leaders on this team. I believe Reese Hoskins uh, was a leader who they lost out on uh, this season. I believe Bryce Harper is a leader because he is like the star and the face of the team, uh, if you will. Uh, And similar to, you know, back in 07 to 11, you had, you know, Ryan Howard, who was you know, one of the stars of the team, and Chase Utley, who was a bit of a quiet leader. But that t- those teams went as Jimmy Rollins went. Like, Jimmy Rollins set the tone uh, at the top of the order, and yeah, he was a shortstop, and he'd swipe a lot of bags, and uh, he was great in the field, and a little bit more of a stereotypical leadoff type of guy. But, you know, setting a tone, having that it factor um, when you're the first guy in the batting order, that's something that's hard to p- put a price on. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, your approach at the plate, what causes... You know, if you're seeing a lot of pitches, the guy behind you sees a lot of pitches and it changes strategy, you know, one batter to the next, to the next, to the next. And Kyle Schwarber does that well for this team. Whether you think he should or not, like this team all hits better behind him when he sits the tone at the top of the order, even if that's hitting a solo home run. Like that always seems to set a tone for the Phillies uh, when he does that. And it's, you know, it's helped as much maybe as anything spark a, a you know, a winning streak and, uh, winning ways here over the last couple of weeks. Again, you know, Philly's now uh, thirteen and three since that. Since they brought the dancing on my own song back, uh, it's winning ways since the month of June. And the calendar flips to June, uh, and we know what that means for Kyle Schwarber. A little set courtesy of Joe Giglio at ninety four WIP. Best at bat per home run ratio in baseball history. Not even just the month of June. In, in the if you if it was the month of June, Kyle Schwarber would have a better home run uh, per at bat ratio than anyone. But if you did in all months, all seasons, Mark McGuire one, Babe Ruth two, Aaron Judge three, Barry Bonds four, Jim Tomey five, Kyle Schwarber at number six. This guy mashes the ball out of the par- ballpark, and he does it starting the month of June after sitting quiet for two months. Right now, it's just really, really hard to argue that he isn't the best tone setter at the top of that lineup, whether you agree with it from like an analytical or statistical perspective or not. So that's what I got for you right now. You know, three reasons, three takeaways from where this Phillies team is right now. It's the starting rotation. You're your top four guys. Uh, it's that fifth starter spot, and it's clearly the biggest uh, need on this team. I didn't even get into it. I teased it, and then I didn't pay off the tease. Uh, the thought of you know, bringing Paul Goldschmidt here uh, has kind of circled around, uh, you know, recently. Uh, and to that, I would say, look, I'm perfectly fine going and adding another MVP to this lineup. I mean, the offense would be insanely stacked. If you can pull it off, uh, Dave Dombrowski should absolutely go do it. Uh, But I still believe that the number one priority at the deadline needs to be addressing that fifth starter spot. Because if you go address the offense and you're just hitting your way through games and you miss out in the playoffs or you know miss out on a playoff seed or whatever the case might be uh, because you're starting Christopher Sanchez every fifth day and one of your starters gets hurt and now you're doing Christopher Sanchez and a bullpen game. Uh, Well, unless Paul Goldschmidt knows how to pitch, uh, that's not going to work out for you either. So I would love it if they could do both. I would love Paul Goldsmith. I'm not saying I'm um, an a- anti a former 
MVP and he he or former MVP last year's MVP in the National League. Like he he is all that. He is very very good uh, and would be a great addition to this lineup. Uh, but I, I need to see someone in that in that fifth spot. Just frankly, every day and someone who can slide into a fourth spot uh, if one of these starters goes down because I am not willing to bank on these uh, these pitchers' health uh, through 162 games of the season. Uh, just because history tells us one of these guys uh, will hit the injured list at some point, and it's not going to be good uh, when that day arrives, and the Phillies are going to be in desperation mode uh, for a starter, even more so than they already are, and they won't be the only team in that position. So that's going to do it for today's episode uh, of the Phillies Today podcast. Again, I will be back with you tomorrow. Uh, Phillies and Braves coming up later today. I'll talk to you and be recapping that one again right here, Phillies Today podcast. I've been your host, Dan Wilson. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 